Coming up on today's show, that's expensive ink. I haven't seen Stranger Things. Beer and wine everywhere. And does this smell like chloroform to you? This is episode 34 of the Geek 30 Happy Hour. Another episode of the Geek 30 Happy Hour, where we drink a toast to all the geeky things we're passionate about. Today is July 28th. My name is Alex. Here's Jojo. Hello. How are you doing today? Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm very good. I am. Uh, we're surrounded by beer. We're surrounded by food. We're surrounded by good people. This we is just are, uh, an awesome burrito going on here. Uh, it is. We're going to share where we are today. Um, but first, some quick housekeeping items. Make sure you give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Um, shout out to all the people who have done that. Um, we, we will give you uh, a personal shout-out if you write a nice little message. Absolutely. Uh, so be sure to do that. Also, go to YouTube. Search for the Geek 30 Happy Hour. Look at our uh, Lost Levels videos. We just published um, another one recently. Um, I chuckle to myself. We went through that. <laughs> you know, it's us playing video games poorly. Really poorly. And I don't uh, remember it being that bad. No, but uh, we have a blast with it, and we would love to share that with you guys. They're, they're quick videos. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, we love sharing all this sort of content with you all. And uh, so joining us today is Brandon. Brandon, say hi to the, to the nice folks at home. Hey, everybody. How are we doing? Brandon is the head brewer here at Quattro Goombas. You've heard us have a, we've had Quattro Goombas on the show a couple times, well, their beer at least. Now we have the guy responsible for this beer on our show. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so Brandon, tell the world a little bit about you, uh, what makes you geeky, and, uh, you know, about your role here at Quattro Goombas. Yeah, um, gosh, all right, what makes me geeky? Um, i kind of been a geek my whole life. It wasn't until uh, uh, being a geek became cool in the form of making beer that it was like, hey, he's kind of a cool guy. <laughs> um, so that has been, a, that's been an awesome transition. Very cool. And you, you're a World of Warcraft player? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, used to, I used to play a lot of WoW, yeah, and, and I've had to back off a lot recently. Um, family time and WoW really ca- had some conflict, so I, I had to back that. off. That would never happen. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> he, uh, that was one of the first things I remember. We were sitting over on that corner. I'm pointing across the room for the people at home. And uh, and we were talking about various geeky things when we first met and uh, talking about our mutual love of, of Warcraft. So that was always fun. Um, but we love the beer that you make. We love uh, the you. great product uh, that comes out of here. Again, uh, part of our mission here is to share um, some of the, the great stuff that comes out of this D.C. area. And, you know, emphasis on great because a lot of these beers are awesome. A lot of their names are even better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we definitely like to have fun with the names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we want to be able to share that with you guys. So this is the third time that we're um, featuring Quattro Goomba's beer on the show. Uh, definitely check them out here in Aldi, Virginia. Uh, we'll share some more contact information shortly. But with that, why don't we get into what we're drinking today? Oh, hello, Geek Study. It's beer time. Today's beer is brought to you by Quattro Goombas Brewery, located in beautiful Aldi, Virginia, right beside their winery. Yeah, they got a brewery and a winery here. Um, we're going to let Brandon, Brandon, why don't you tell the, the fine folks at home a little bit about Quattro Goombas? Yeah, Quattro Goombas is uh, an awesome family place. Um, so it kind of started off with our, our owner, Jay, um, and his uh, now business partners, then you know neighbor buddies, uh, making wine, actually, in their basement. And uh, they kept scaling it up and scaling it up. And I imagine after a couple of cases, you kind of think, God, we should do this for a living. So he actually got his basement licensed as a winery. Nice. Um, they started making wine in the basement. And then finally they were like, man, we should really give this a go. Yeah. So they kind of gave it a go part-time. And that was, gosh, eight years ago now, I think, 2008. Wow. Um, we started the lease on this property. And at the time, it was just the winery. And the building that we're in now, which is the brewery, um, at the time, that was... Uh, it was a horse barn, and then it was like some guys renovating windows in here, and then there was like a guy storing some uh, like lawn tractors and stuff, and then an antique shop. So it's changed hands a couple of times, and then finally we decided to take it over and uh, and do the brewery here uh, a little over a year ago now. Okay, nice, very cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, a little over a year. Yeah, that wow. It's 
been over a year. Yeah, yeah. It's it was a crazy realization for us too. We were like, oh, so oh my that, god, that anniversary party kind of dropped the ball so on that. But yeah, beer at the same time they were doing wine or they they later? weren't. So actually, um, you know, I, I I get to claim responsibility for the beer. So um, I had my regular office job. I did digital marketing, and on the weekends, my wife and I uh, poured wine uh, for the winery. So um, it got to be where I just started bringing homebrew out on the weekends. Um, and for everyone uh, with the ABC who's listening, it was totally while we were closed and after hours. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Wait, the ABC. Uh, yeah, you could just stay out. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so uh, we tried the homebrew, and eventually Jay was kind of like, gosh, we should, if the laws ever kind of change, we should really open up a brewery here. That would be great. And, and the laws did change, and I was kind of regretting taking an office job as my career. And, yeah. and we were kind of like, let's give it a try. So, so here we are. Very awesome. Now, um, I, I want to definitely get into uh, some, some more about your passion in crafting beer uh, a little bit later in the show. So uh, let's talk about what we, we have a flight of stuff. Yeah, we got four great beers in front of us right now. Um, you just want to go through what we got? Yeah, let's go one at a time from left to right. So the uh, first thing we got is our Farmhouse Saison. This is a beer that we've actually had uh, on tap several times in the past, um, and we like to bring it back. It's a great beer for the summertime. Um, I'm sure most of your listeners know, but classic Saison style is a, a French or Belgian style. Fermented really warm. It kind of has a lot of that banana, clove character, um, almost a little bit of like... Um, Brewers use really derogatory terms and then say in a good way a lot. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to saisons, you can say, well, you kind of taste like wet horse blanket in a good way. Um, <laughs> so that's what you kind of think of when you think of saisons. Uh, well, this doesn't smell like wet horse blanket, believe it or not. But, you know, in traditional Geek 30 fashion, let's go ahead and get a cheers here. There you go. Cheers. 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 Salud. Well, here, uh, clink it here. Next to the mic. So just okay. for the people at home. Just clinking. Yeah, so while you guys are drinking it, I just had one. Um, we uh, The difference between kind of our version of this uh, farmhouse saison and what a lot of other people do is temperature control. A lot of guys like to let it get really, really hot, and it goes yeah. really crazy, and that makes an excellent traditional style. Um, the kind of more horse blankety it gets, the, the better people like it. We kind of wanted to make ours a little more approachable, so we kind of rein in the temperature um, and, and don't let it go crazy. And that kind of makes it a nice little hybrid, easy drinker, um, and not too offensive to the to the new beer drinker. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny that you said uh, banana because be- right before you even said banana a little bit earlier, I smelled it. I was like, mm, it smells like banana. <laughs> and and it definitely tastes like it, too. It's delicious. Yeah. I love saisons. It's, no, they're, they're fantastical. Yeah. Fantastic. So that's a, that's a great segue, actually, if you're ready to jump into the next beer. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to take another sip of this yeah. first. But. <laughs> uh, yeah, next beer is actually the red saison. Um, and this one's not on tap yet. That's going to be coming out here in a couple of weeks. Uh, but we actually, so funny story, the reason we have um, a couple of saisons happening all at once is we got these uh, awesome new stainless fermenters that we love. It finally allowed us to do some temperature control. Um, but we're still a really small brewery here. So we're really trying to manage our tank space and what goes where. And it just so happened that, that right now, until our, our new big production uh, brew house shows up, that we're actually sharing a glycol chiller with the winery. Mm-hmm. Um, so Fletcher Henderson, our winemaker, uh, approached me and said, hey, I'm going to need uh, the chiller next week. And I said, well, I was going to kind of brew into my stainless fermenters. I'm going to need temperature control for that. And it turns out the wine wins those arguments. So, <laughs> so he, got, he got the glycol fermenter. I was stuck with these insulated tanks that have no temperature control. So I was like, well, let's just brew a whole bunch of styles that do great when they're really hot. So we ended up doing our traditional farmhouse saison, our red saison, and we actually did a Belgian trapel. Oh, wow. Um, we're finishing that with champagne yeast now, and that'll be out later in the fall, I think. Very awesome. I, I, have I had the triple before? Trapel? No, it's, Sorry, our first, trapel? it's our first time brewing a trapel. It's one I've wanted to brew for a long time. And, uh, Is that how you say it, trapel? Trapel, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. it's one of those where like, once you decide if, if you're going to try and say it, Traditionally, if you're going to Americanize it, yeah, you know, right. so is, is, it's not spelled like the American word triple, so yeah, it is E L instead of L E. But kind of like uh, Martin, where it's yeah. called it a Marzen. Right, it's a Marzen, right? <laughs> Marzen. Yeah, Oktoberfest. Yeah, there's no way to win. No. But yeah, I just kind of whenever people correct me, it's kind of like I'm kind of a born and raised American white guy who mispronounces things. That's just what I, I do. You're also yeah. a head brewmaster, so <laughs> yeah, right. You know. Because America, because right. <laughs> America. So uh, a red saison. So what are we going to experience here? And and this is very red. 
Yeah, so this red Saison is, uh, is really cool. It's something I wanted to do. The, um, the farmhouse style Saison that we've had, uh, that is a really dry beer style. And it's great. It's refreshing. That's really what it's meant for. Um, this red Saison brings back just a little bit more body and a little bit more sweetness. Certainly not even close to in balance, but it does kind of have a little bit more sweetness, which kind of makes it, uh, depending on the weather, depending on the day, maybe you want to approach that, uh, that beer as opposed to a completely dry beer. That's really sweet. Actually, and it's, it's it's smoother too. It is. It's really smooth. Also, I don't know. I, I couldn't like the other one smells like banana. This doesn't really smell like much to me. Yeah, this one. Um, you get those uh, those caramel notes in there, and oh, yeah. what they start to do is they really start to mute um, some of the character that's in the traditional saison, the farmhouse saison. Right, right so on. That farmhouse saison is really effervescent. A lot of things come out of it uh, because there's not a whole lot going into it. The only fl- the only flavor, the only aroma happening is the yeast. Uh, when we start trying to introduce some more flavors, um, it definitely uh, subtles out some of the other uh, yeast characters that were there. Oh, wow. Awesome. Now, now, what's up next? What do we got? Uh, up next, oh. uh, it's our Citra Mosaic IPA. IPA. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so it's a tough transition going from Saison's to IPAs. So for people at home, it, you, oh, you wow. hear me say this a lot, <laughs> IPAs whoop my ass, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. They whoop my ass. All right, so here we go. But I'm, I'm actually, this is... This is hopeful for me because it's very floral. It, I, I was about to say it smells like like fruit and and flowers. Right. Yeah. So for me, um, well, you guys are grabbing a drink of that one. So for me, the citra hop is is all Oof. the rage right now. Everyone's brewing with it. That's it really, really has a lot of that kind of lemon orange um, melon character to it. Yeah, that's real good. And it's paired in this beer with uh, with the mosaic hop, mm-hmm. which for me is 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 really dank. Um, it's pretty spicy, pretty earthy. So you kind of get those two um, opposing flavors that kind of come yeah. together. Kind of like a like there's like plants like like right. that's that's like it tastes like uh, like fruit, and then at the very end of it, it's like earthy. Well, it's, it's yeah. Normal IPAs. Whenever I drink an IPA, I just get that you know the beer and then the punch of the face, right? Um, this one is, is a very bold bitterness that comes out of it, and it's awesome. But it's a fruity, it's a fruity bitterness. It's, it's a, yeah, yeah, but it's very bold. It's just yeah. very bold and smooth, and it, it's all one, like, fluid flavor. It's yeah. really amazing. Yep. I, your all's black IPA is my favorite Oh, the Dark Raider? Yeah, <laughs> it's a love one. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I love that one. We just I'm looking over the board right now. I think yeah, we just kicked out. it. Ugh. And actually, that's not quite true. I actually have half a keg of it. Uh, oh, it, bl- it blew up on me this week. It oh, used no. to be a full keg, and now yeah. it's a half keg. Oh, no. Uh, but, yeah, it was just, you know, disasters happen yeah, sometimes. Yeah, fair so. enough. But I, I've been very impressed with your all's IPAs. Thank you, yeah. And so uh, c- considering I can only have some IPAs that don't whoop my ass. <laughs> yeah, and I... And I and in all honesty, I'm belching um, now because like that's literally what it, it kicks my ass. To um, to kind of give credit where it's due, uh, what I would say is that um, I I always love brewing IPAs, um, but every once in a while you go out and you go have somebody's IPA and you're like, damn, that is a good beer. And and <laughs> right. for me, that happens whenever I go over to Ocelot actually and have some of their IPAs. Oh, we've had Ocelot. Yes. Uh, what, what did we have on the show, Joe? I believe it was an Imperial Porter Stout. Uh, something imperial. Oh, my was, own, my only friend probably yeah. sounds like what that was. Imperial Stout. Okay, and that my was my only a, friend. Might have been my only friend. Yeah, that was a great beer. They uh, they just bottled up one of those. Right, um, I had I've, one that they I've had uh, cask aged, and it was at yeah. like thirteen percent yeah. uh, ABV. And I'm not sure entirely how I drove to Alex's house after that trip because <laughs> I got the growler, but I also had a couple of tasters, and right. there were more tasters than I expected to have because it was like, oh, this is good, and that's good, and that's good. Yeah. They, yeah, they had that my only friend in uh, in Heaven Hill barrels. But usually, everyone always asks us, um, is uh, is the beer industry in Loudoun County really competitive? So you hear me praising other people's beer. It's very much not. We all love each other. Right. Um, and I remember oh, yeah. kind of taking my uh, IPAs over to Mike and saying, hey, you, you guys are making some amazing IPAs. Kind of... Without divulging, you know your secrets. You know what? What are some tips that me, as a as a home brewer turned pro brewer, you know, pretty new. You know, what can I be doing differently to, to start emulating you? And you know, he was open book as far as helping me out with things he did. And I and I really credit um, the rise of uh, the quality of our IPAs to to really sitting down with him and working through uh, and what we're doing. That's something we've hear we've heard a lot uh, every time we talk to anybody over here is that the uh, and. The environment, the camaraderie across breweries in the area has been phenomenal. There's no you gotta uh, love that. You know, everybody appreciates everybody else. Man. And that that's what's great. I come here, I hear about you know how you're talking to us a lot. You know, all these other folks go to Tin Cannon, right? You know, they're working with all these other breweries. Like it's really, really nice to know. And and you guys recently did, and we had it on the show. Uh, sort of the um, it was the American Craft Brew um, 
Club, they did a, a beer, right? It was, it was that the biggest, smallest the beer hashtag ever? Biggest, yes, yeah. yes, the hashtag. Yeah, that was a, I think that was a porter, a, a Baltic porter, maybe, if yeah, I remember I right. Yeah, it was. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was a great one. Um, that was really fun. Basically, they put out a recipe and they said, uh, you know, hey, everybody brew this. Put your own spin on it. Feel free to do what you want, but kind of roughly this recipe. Yeah, go to, um, if you go to geek30.com, look through our different episodes or what, however you find us you, uh, on iTunes or on, you know, Google Play or whatever. We had that beer. We literally named the episode after that beer. Right. Hashtag, Hashtag. biggest small brew ever. Right. Because it was um, after the, the gentleman in Denver that had like a sickness, I think. Like, was it cancer yeah. or something like that? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we have one more beer. Yes. Let's try it. Yeah. And uh, we, we definitely did a, a weird order on this one. So we're going to finish up with our honey wheat. Oh, wow. And now Honey Wheat is a beer that we actually have had really from day one. So for me, day one started when um, we have a big pig roast out here every year um, that uh, our owner, son-in-law, and everybody puts mm. on for the family and friends nice. all to come out. Yeah. And uh, the year before the brewery opened, they kind of we had made the decision to open the brewery. We, we were in the process of getting everything going, and they kind of said, hey, what, would you want to bring some beer? And I, years past, I've always brought one or two beers. But as we're kind of like... We've made the decision to open the brewery. We're going to have our big coming out party. Let's really like hit it. Um, so as a home brewer, we cr- I cranked out um, eight home brews and we built a little tap wall and had uh, had eight beers on tap specifically for this event. And the honey wheat was one that I, I uh, m- literally made for that day. I'd never made it before. Oh, really? I knew I knew we wanted something um, for that kind of light beer crowd. Um, you, you always have to have that beer. It's and, very uh, light. Yeah, right. I, st- I, I still remember. I just cheated. I took a sip. <laughs> I still remember my original recipe. Um, yeah, feel free. Let's go ahead and grab a couple of sips before I talk through mm. it. That is so light. It doesn't. It doesn't taste like a wheat beer to me. Yeah. So um, this was a super simple recipe. I just said we're going to do sixty percent barley, forty percent wheat, and uh, on my homebrew setup, it was two pounds of honey. I think now we're up to fifteen pounds of honey. Wow. As we scale it, but right. yeah, and that's what it is. The honey, um, the honey doesn't pass through much flavor. Honey is ninety-seven percent fermentable. Fun fact. Um, so most of that flavor um, gets stripped out as it ferments, but it really dries the beer out without imparting too much uh, flavor. And then you get a little bit of sweetness and body from the wheat and uh, and the barley in there, and it kind of makes just an easy drinking, poundable kind of beer. I love it. Because it almost has like a, a, a cider feel to it, like a, a nice cider kind of a smell and aroma and yeah. whatnot. So. That's a great point. It almost right. drinks like a cider. If people want a good entry beer, if you're listening to the show and you're like, oh, I don't like beer or whatever, first of all, why are you listening to the show? Second of all, <laughs> uh, come, come over here to Quattro Goombas and Aldi. Check out this beer. This is so easy to drink. And I'm, I'm really not a big wheat beer person. We've had, you this just had good. four. We loved all four of them, but this is a super easy to drink beer. Yeah. And you guys yeah. also have a, a couple of other light beers, like a pale ale. And a- yeah. So, um, so actually, we, when we, like I said, we started with this beer, and this beer is called the Cake Eater. Um, there's a great story behind that name, actually. Mighty Ducks? Or- <laughs> yeah. See, that's always – and, and like, uh, I'll give you guys the, the real story. All right. So the um, – we always say, oh, yeah, it's from Mindy Ducks. The real story is the owner is uh, from an Italian family, just oh, wow. classic Italian family. Nice. So, like, you know, the friends come over, you know, like one or two people come over, and they'll make, you know, 14 tables full of food. Um, <laughs> whenever, right. whenever the people show up and just, like, look for the really safe, like, American food, like, I recognize what that is. I'll eat it. They always called them cake eaters. <laughs> so this beer kind of has the same feel of, like, uh, I really just drink Bud Light, and I want something I'm comfortable with, so let me just grab the cake eater. So we've actually used that uh, internally. We now use that as our descriptor for that style. So, like, this beer is called our cake eater. Um, we don't keep it on year-round. We like to rotate some things through. So we're always looking yeah. for things to fill that cake eater niche. So yeah. sometimes it's a Kolsch. Sometimes it's a cream ale. Um, sometimes it's our honey wheat. That's so funny because Deanna's whole family is, well, her, her, her mom's side of the family is Italian, first of all. And then her dad's side of the family, all they drink is Miller Lite. And really all, all her mom's side of the family all they drink is Miller Lite. Right. So, Deanna, you could add... Oh, shit. She's not here. I always <laughs> not, not forget this that. time. <laughs> I usually yell up to Deanna, and she, she responds in some kind of way. So, she can have this beer. At, I, I want to take this over to her, uh, to her family and see if they like it. I know, right? Because, oh, I mean, Miller Lite, let's be honest, it's almost beer. It's not quite beer. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's water. I, I, would, I, I would at least venture to say that it's barely beer. I would take that approach. <laughs> right. I, think, I think Miller Lite does its job. Right. If you want something that kind of tastes like beer... 
and that you just want to it's very drinkable it just it does its job it's if, a very if you want something effervescent on a summer day yes and yeah. that's a, and that's a great that's a great approach to take you know something we always say whenever like a uh, a lot of times, like the new craft beer guys, always like to come in and start bashing Budweiser because they think it's no, cool. Yeah. And our comment um, as brewers is generally always, don't don't forget that Budweiser has some of, if not the best brewers in the world. Oh, they're yeah. able to make the exact same pro- uh, product year after year, even though the ingredients around them are changing. Yep. New hops, new crop years of their grain, everything's changing, and yet their product is remarkably remarkably consistent across multiple breweries in the country. All the Budweiser you drink is going to be the same. Same right. with Miller, same with Coors. I mean, those guys are doing an awesome job, and they're, they're doing their job. That's what they, they meant are. to do. They are. You, um, there's, uh, there's nothing wrong with coming in from mowing the lawn, and you know you just want to crack open and down a Miller Lite real quick. Or a uh, cake eater, honey wheat. Yeah, grab, <laughs> yes, a, that's gra- it. grab a cake eater. We're going to steal all that Miller Lite market share with this one. I beer. hope you do. <laughs> that's right. And uh, before we move on to the news... You guys have a full kitchen here, and we've been enjoying some pretzels made with beer, right? Yeah, yeah. So we have, Talk about we, have this. we have our beer pretzels and cheese. Um, so good. So this is a byproduct of uh, of some really creative hiring practices. A lot of breweries we know, and I know you guys know. You guys go to a lot of breweries. Um, like to bring in food trucks on the weekend. Oh yeah. Yep. And and our problem, we had thought about doing that from the beginning. Uh, the problem with that. Well, let me first say the convenience with that is you don't have to worry about hiring anybody. You just say, great, yeah. great see you Saturday, and you're done. Um, the problem with that is there's never a relationship. You know, if you've got, um, you know, Joe Schmo barbecue truck uh, outside your brewery all day, th- that's great, and you're probably going to have a couple of beers that go well with his food. Um, whereas we brought it all in-house, so we own the kitchen outside. We hired a chef, uh, the former um, executive chef from Roos Chris in D.C. Yeah, that's yep. awesome. We hired him to run our food program. Um, and then we actually have a uh, Culinary Institute graduate um, who is his assistant running the pizza kitchen also. Um, so they're making some great food. And, and we're al- we now have the freedom to make relationships between food and beer. Um, so I know um, they'll oftentimes change up the beer, but I think right now we're using the mild and the pretzels. And uh, sometimes we're using the pale ale and the cheese. Uh, but then we've got a full menu where we're playing around with new stuff. Uh, I know there's some debate right now. We might be using the farmhouse saison um, yes. when we pickle Whatever it cucumbers. Is. <laughs> okay. um, we're going to be using the farmhouse saison in the pickling juice uh, as he pickles the cucumbers for his fried pickles that he puts on. That's freaking awesome. We had done that previously with the tart cherry, and you kind of had that, um, that pH change from the tart cherry come through in the fried pickles, and it was really cool. So wow. the fact that we get to kind of play with those things together is is really fun. I love that. Hey, so, Jojo, what is your favorite out of the four that we've tried? Uh, that's a hard one. Um, I, I And this is going to be weird for me. Actually, I think I like the AP, IPA the most. And I, I'm, I'm a big uh, Saison person, you know, yeah. love them to death. Um, and I'm not the biggest IPA person, but I love the way it tastes. I, I love how it's one fluid taste it's not you know beer plus hops you know it's 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 one yeah. great beer as a whole yeah i have to say the farmhouse is i, I love malty beers and um this isn't this is very it tastes very balanced to me mm-hmm. i think like the 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 note of um horse blanket is probably my favorite <laughs> nice, nice. Um, wet wet horse blanket wet sorry, yeah, wet, sorry. We, yes wet horse wet blanket, horse yeah. blanket. Yeah. in sorry. a good way yeah no but Dude, great job, man. Thank you very for, much. For this yeah, being your it. first gig, uh, you know, making beer professionally. Um, and we'll get more into your general yeah, love sure. of creating beer a little bit later. But, you know, one more cheers, guys. Cheers. Thank you. One more cheers. And with that, uh, let's get into the news. Geek 30 News. So I don't know if you guys can hear this in the background or not, but it is pouring the rain. And we are in a uh, a barn with a metal roof. Yeah, it's, it's a sweet pole barn with uh, just a tin roof, and we've got the spray insulation, but uh, clearly it doesn't deaden the sound. No, so we're hoping <laughs> you guys don't hear too much of this, but you know that's what you get for for recording on site. We love this sort of thing. It, it also it also adds is some character. It it gives you a great scapegoat for any like sound quality issues. <laughs> uh, must must have been the rain on that one. Sorry, must have been, sorry everybody. <laughs> Um, all right, but anyway. Usually it's my laugh that usually kills everything. <laughs> I have to, like, gate my laugh because it just goes to the red immediately. Joe's so. a chuckler. Like, every time he's like, oh, my God, my speaker's like, that was the rain. <laughs> it was totally the rain. 
Well, first up in the news, we have a, a really interesting story. I actually saw this on Facebook today, and I was like, God, we got to talk about this because I thought it was so neat. We weren't, we weren't planning to record till Sunday, and then he saw this. We were like, recording now. Yeah, no, we're recording now. We're going to Quattroguma. I'm calling Brandon, damn it. He's going to record, damn it. Okay, so this guy created a pen that has silver ink that acts as a conduit um, you know, to, to, it basically conducts electricity from um, point to point. So he was actually lighting up um, light bulbs and, like, creating these little fans that were moving. Yeah, completing circuits, and he's, then yes. they were functional circuits. You know, that's a great, yeah. It's, he's creating circuits using silver. Um, Brandon, you, we just showed this to you. What yeah. was your thought? No, I was just looking at the video. That is awesome. I, I think it would be a lot of fun. I always remember as a kid playing, like, my dad always made me those, like, uh, like, you know, cut up a two-by-ten, and you get the jumper wires to, to yes. build little lights and stuff. Yeah. And, like, God, if I could have just done that with a pen, like, that would have been <laughs> awesome. I, I would love to do Same that. Same concept, a lot easier. Yeah, right? <laughs> so creative. Right. And they were, yeah, he they were just drawing these various patterns and stuff and basically creating really elegant-looking circuits. Um, so I read something that they were using this for... Um, for kids to use in school to basically understand how circuits work. So, I, and I think it was in Japan. Is that before or after they incubate the eggs without the shells? I, dude, seriously, <laughs> Japanese kids get it all. I don't know if you saw that, where they, uh, they removed shells from the eggs and they incubated them in the... Uh, it looked like a fridge. It obviously wasn't a fridge, but right. it was a, a controlled environment. No, and so uh, the chicks actually developed and were born. They didn't hatch because there was no egg. Sure. So, but it was in Japan. It was crazy. Oh, wow. It was wild. Yeah. yeah, the thing that I thought was fascinating, looking at this pen or, or marker, um, you know, you look at it, and what, uh, you'll have to see the video when you guys watch it. Uh, when they're connecting circuits, you know, different LEDs are lighting up and things. I'm sitting here. You know, I wonder what kind of circuit uh, load that could carry. You know, like if you draw a thick enough line, could you get it up to 120 and like <laughs> right. power a, a light bulb with it? You know, like, I want to power my entire house via marker. Yeah, right. Exactly. I've always wanted a ceiling fan here. Let me just break out the marker <laughs> Bingo, here. You know, we need a, uh, a garage door opener now. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. Oh, right. So, uh, according to a, an article we have from MentalFloss.com, it says, "Why write with normal ink when you can write with silver?" A new product from Japanese com company AGIC, um, a reference to AG, the chemical symbol for silver, on the periodic table in IC, which um, stands for ink circuit, uh, promises to help you bring silver ink technology to your home. According to Vocative, Vocative, the circuit marker is a pen with silver-based elect uh, electricity-conducting ink that allows you to turn custom art artwork into a functional electrical circuit. Besides being a way to create glowing city drawings, the pen and its conductive silver ink can be used to teach children of all ages how circuits work. In fact, the company's mission is to make electric circuits more accessible for everyone. For everyone? For everyone. In Trump's America? For everyone? <laughs> I won't be in America long enough to find out. <laughs> for some people, I feel like this is, with, with great power comes great responsibility. Anyway. Uh, without going on, a <laughs> we're not a political podcast. podcast. No, we're not. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so get this: it will, this uh, the circuit marker will set you back fifteen dollars. That's it. That's it. Wow! And then that, the eraser is shockingly low eight dollars. Right. Special paper is between ten and fifty dollars. And I uh, mentioned that depends on size as well, not just you know the I'm type sure. of paper. Yeah. I'm sure. I just love that there's an eraser. Like right. I can see myself being like, oh, I didn't mean to light that one up. Where's my eraser to close my circuit? Right? Like that's a great <laughs> idea. Or you know, we're doing a D and D podcast. If we were making lines and whatnot and do certain connections. Oh, and Jason, you hear that? Yeah. Jason. So many different things. Sounds the like other you cool make $15 investment, Jason. <laughs> I think we're all going to spend $15 and bring it <laughs> right, in. Let's just right. be honest. Uh, but the other cool thing uh, I wanted to point out that you can't see in the video since we're in audio format um, is that these circuits are uh, bendable and you can take them off the paper. They're flexible. Uh, Alex just pointed at something inappropriate. I don't know why. <laughs> so there's a, there's a video that, that we're going we're gonna to share the, um, this whole article for you guys in the show notes like we always do. Uh, play the video. At the very end of the video, there's, you know, YouTube likes to put a series of other videos that you should watch. Um, this one is called Weirdest Japanese Inventions. And it's um, a hand cupping a woman's breast. Well, but anyway, it's not an actual hand. It's a, it's a it's toy like, yeah, hand. Yeah, it's a toy hand. <laughs> Looks like it's held by a smaller human being. 
I don't know, man. This is freaking weird. Japanese, brilliant in school, weird, weird outside of school. <laughs> I really kind of want to just, I'm just curious. I kind of curious. No, we're not, doing it. we're not doing it. We're not doing it. You do that on your own time, sir. Not doing it. You're going to hear a minute of silence and then, oh! Ah! <laughs> 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 Two girls, one cup. No, no, no. I saw a, um, this Japanese game show where uh, these the, the game show hosts, they had plural hosts, would stand at the top of this slide and you know remembering like these uh the slides that would like go down and then kind of up and then down and then it would land right so one of the hose so all these people are down um on you know the bottom part of the slide it's like a big wide slide by the way so it can fit like maybe five people going up and down at the same time okay at the bottom were the contestants and nothing i think they were just wearing like 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 uh Jumpsuits, almost. Okay, sure. One of the hosts takes an entire barrel of lube <laughs> and dumps it down the thing. And then basically, <laughs> they, the, the contestants had to work their way up the slide <laughs> while all at the same time, the hosts were throwing water balloons full of lube oh, at wow. them. And so these people, <laughs> it was so good. Just Google weird Japanese game shows with Luke. Be careful with that, though. Be careful with that. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> hey, Geek 30 audience, let me know what, find, what you find. I'm real curious. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen some interesting ones before, too. I, I'd love to see what everyone comes up with. Yeah, geek30podcast at gmail.com. There, let was, us know. there was one where uh, the lady had to figure out whose poop it belonged to or something. Oh, <laughs> Come on. Some weird stuff out there. Come on. Who, right. I would like to meet the guy that sat in the, in the room like full of executives and said, that would make great television. Let's do that. <laughs> well, we're out of other ideas. So. <laughs> right? Well, the next thing that we wanted to talk about, we don't have a whole lot of information on this yet. One, because I'm just starting the show. Um, but Stranger Things is the bomb. Like, Apparently. Great. <laughs> I've only seen the first episode. And I looked at the end. I was like, I am totally hooked. And I haven't been able to watch it because... Deanna's in, in Nashville, Nashville right now. She's at a uh, You could like not tell her convention. that you watched it. I know, but I can't do that. <laughs> I feel so bad. Why? See, you get to watch it again. I always see commercials or TV shows where couples are in that situation. I'm like, I can't lie to her. I'm like, like heart palpitations start. Right. I promise I didn't watch it without you while you were gone. Yeah, I've, I've been there, yeah. This is the part. No, no, sorry. No, I didn't. <laughs> so here we are. I'm in a position where I can't watch this without Deanna. Have you guys ever been in a situation where you you were forced, not necessarily with a significant other, but like like JoJo? I know you and your buddy Mike can only watch Doctor Who together, right? Right, right, exactly. I only watch it down there. Yeah, yeah. How about you? So, so with my wife, um, w- the way we do it is we have definitely have a lot of shows that we watch together. And if I were to ever watch a show without my wife, all hell would break loose. Oh, me too, brother. So, so I'm, I'm familiar with that. However, um, and I don't know how it is with you, the, that is a one-way street. I might get back, and you look at your Hulu account, <laughs> and, you, and you tell it to fire up the next episode, and you're like, I don't remember being on episode 19 already. That's well, just like, when you yeah. were out of town, I, got, I, I was bored, so I watched it. I, l- I love the, the, the <laughs> one-way street double standards. Yeah, yeah, the double standard. <laughs> yeah, like it was, uh, it was last night, actually. I came home from band practice. By the way, my band is playing a show roadside um, in Clarendon area on Saturday. Saturday, is, okay. What's, oh, it's going to be too late, though. People aren't even going to be able to... Uh, people are already going to hear the podcast because we're releasing this on yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, on Tuesday, yeah. Oh, well, if you came out to the show, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the show was great three days ago. Yeah. It, <laughs> three days from now, two days from now. Anyway, um, I was coming home from band practice, and Deanna was laying down on the couch watching Archer, and I was like, I love Archer. Why? Like, I feel like I have asked her before like let's watch archer together right. and she's like eh, eh, eh. and no and, and there she was watching i was like you're watching it and she's like yeah i like this show I, really because i've been sitting here like i'm re-watching up uh, season five so i can get into season six sure. uh and so half of you is excited and half of you is kind of betrayed yeah. that she just went on her own tangent well Damn so I, I lucked out a little bit so my wife and i have very little overlap in the shows that we like so every once in a while just because I, i'll get excited about a show and i'll go out of my way to make sure like you know what i'm I'm only going to watch a couple episodes because I'm going to get her hooked. Right. You know, and, and like I'll wait like a week till we can sit down and find time. You know, we've got kids, so, or a right. kid, so we go to bed like right after he goes to bed at like 8.30. 
and uh, get the old people schedule. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. exactly. I'm right. right behind you. Don't yeah, worry. We we always like to get here and start brewing pretty early too. So it's a it's a strange schedule. Yeah. But uh, I'll find a new show and I'll try and introduce her to it. So I'll wait a couple of weeks so I don't get too far ahead, and I'll show her the pilot or a couple episodes in, and she's kind of like, "Yeah, I'm not interested." Ah, I just blew a whole week that I could have been watching the show. I could have binged this whole show by now, but I was waiting. So I, I did that with Game of Thrones. Yeah. I was trying to like, I was like, "I'm going to get my wife into Game of Thrones," and uh, it was it just wasn't happening. She was wasn't, really wasn't interested at all. Deanna wasn't for like the first I don't know about halfway through season one, and then all of a sudden it clicked. I was talking to people at work, and they were the same way about Game of Thrones. JoJo, you got to watch Game of Thrones. Brother. I keep being well. I, I heard now that Cal Drogo is Aquaman, so and also so, Conan. So, yeah. are you like a non-believer or what? I just I don't watch TV shows. I have commitment issues. <laughs> Shun I, the non-believer. I, I think <laughs> shame. And, and I was I was actually Sharing thinking about I know fans. one of us. Um, I think what happened, I actually kind of came to reason with it recently, and my brother knows this because he was living with me at the time. I went through Battlestar Galactica and. You really, when there's already four established seasons, you can't really binge watch Star, uh, Battlestar Galactica like I did. And after the second season, the third season, it was great content, but I felt like I had to like, struggle to get through a show. I was like, okay, another episode. Okay, another episode at this point. So yeah. I, I, I kind of have that. It's, it's unwarranted, I understand. Every show is different. Some only like 23 minutes like uh, Voltron. Voltron was great. I look at something that has six seasons already. It's like, that's a hell of a commitment, you know? I don't want to be like, oh, my God, another show, and, you know. And I, I find that the hard ones for that are the, one, the shows that you know end great. Right. And you know they start great. And you have to get through that, like, season three, season four, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, lulls. You know, where it's kind of like, right. I, was, I was a big Lost fan when it was, when yeah. it was live. Loved it. And, and even then, it, like, looking back now, I, I'm a big fan of rewatching shows. So, like, I go back and rewatch, and you get to, like, season four, season five, and it's kind of like, we're really we're really reaching for content now, right. aren't we? Like we really don't know where we're going with the show, right. so we're just kind of going all over the place. That's fine. Just like I watched the uh, the spinoff Caprica, which yeah. I heard later on it wasn't supposed to be a Battlestar show, but they made it a Battlestar show to make get more of an audience oh, there. Okay. And it was 19 episodes, and the first 17 episodes sucked. And finally, it got good. It was like the eight, episode 18 and 19 were phenomenal. If you suffer through the first 17, and sure. it just they didn't renew it for the second season because it just sucked. Oh, so I went the wrong way around. Like, I Battlestar Galactica is like on my list. Like, eventually, I need to go back and watch okay. it. But sure. I did watch Caprica. Okay, and I was and at the end, everyone was like, "Oh, you know, it's a Battlestar show." And I was like, "Oh, I, I guess I had no frame of reference for that." But it worked. The, the, well, the show like still worked without it. Yeah, right. Well, what I like, kind of getting, <laughs> we we had a whole tangent on this topic but i mean it was i think it was good it's relevant certainly to this because i've started watching stranger things right the show stranger things not in general stranger things like you know <laughs> like, Japanese, like japanese cartoon <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boobs, yeah. game shows and yeah. <laughs> anyway so i started watching it deanna and i watched the first episode totally hooks it feels like some it almost it feels like uh like you're watching a spooky doctor who episode at times is set in you know set in the 80s and it feels like you're you know like the kids remind me you know they're all dressed like you know and everybody's dressed in you know your stereotypical 80s attire and um just the kids reminded me of something like out of et or the goonies or something like that and i love it and and it's so funny because the this show really centralizes around these kids and you're like, ah, it's kind of like, is it just going to be kids? No, it's actually super engaging. And okay. it's not like a kid's show that's made for adults. No, this is like an adult show, um, you know, because, I mean, some of it's scary. Okay. Uh, but So one of my brewers was actually, uh, was actually telling me yeah. a little bit about this show. Okay. Um, and, and I know we talked about it a little bit ahead of time. Um, and for whatever reason, the way he described it, you're looking at my phone because you have no I'm idea what I'm doing curious. right now with you. Um, He's throwing pokeballs. Oh man, it's already up there. <laughs> um, no, there's a, there's this kids show, and I, I can't remember it for the life of me. And that's what I'm. Oh wait a second, is it called up. Falls? Um, Gravity Falls? I don't think so. I'm I'm pulling it up in the of course the children's Odd Squad. Odd Squad. Yeah, oh, so okay. there's this kids show one. called The Odd Squad, and it's about these kids um, who find uh, paranormal activity out in the world Ooh. and uh, uh, harness it, capture it, set it right in whatever fashion. And it kind of sounded like this show, Stranger Things, is a mix, mix between like Odd Squad and Warehouse 13. It's kind of what it sounded like huh, to me. Nice. Okay. It feels like a lot of, uh, it, uh, what was, 
a super not super is it super eight like not not super eight at motel like what am i thinking of super eight that, that was a movie was super eight is that the name of the movie the yeah, 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 yeah. one? Yeah. he filmed it on a super eight camera yeah, right yes yeah. yes 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 that's what it was um not the hotel chain not the hotel <laughs> chain it, it feels like that but with less of the stereotypical like bad robot uh the you know the company the production company the lens they, flare yeah. the lens, like a lot of lens flare right um, feels like and it doesn't feel like you're watching a Star Trek or the movie cam yeah they, this literally is um, it just the the color everything about the production just feels like an 80s uh, movie it's not it's not like you know crappy video quality by any means right. in fact it looks great. But it's almost like the tone and everything, the the sounds, the It just music, feels like it came out of the eighties. It literally yeah, it's like out of the eighties and it was it's such it's such a difference from what we get uh, from a lot of Netflix originals and, and other stuff that's like really good quality these days. Like this is a different tone. It's really neat. So now I just caught up on uh, Pod Nerdy to Me. We were on their podcast as yes. well as they were on our podcast as well. Uh, we were talking about Star Trek Beyond, the new movie that came out, and right. so I was catching up on their show. And they just talked about before they got into our segment where we just we did a step by step through Star Trek Beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, both Josie and Mike watched Stranger Things and ended up binge watching it because they just loved it. They whole, loved the whole arc of it. So, and I know yes. he tends to be a little more. Um, Critical of, of movies, and yeah. critical in a good sense. Obviously, yeah, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't like BS. He just like very cut forward, yeah. um, and he loved it. So, someone who's very um, like a, like a critic, basically at this point, who enjoys the show, I'm probably more tempted to watch it at that point. Right. Uh, I'm. I want Deanna to get home, not just because you know I miss you, Deanna, and everything, but she's not like hear this until she's and, home and Stranger stuff. Things. <laughs> Stranger Things is on, and we can't watch it. Okay. Right. All right. So we're watching it right now from a hotel. Well, so this is this is where I'll take the approach of like, um, like the less my wife knows, the better. Like, I'll find a great new show, and it's you know maybe it's better off just like not talking to her about it. Like until <laughs> I just, until I finish dude, the show, right. and then uh, it's like yeah, you know what, hon? I didn't I didn't really realize until after the show ended. But you might you might actually I like feel, this one. I feel bad because I literally thought that for a second. I'm sorry, Deanna, you're hearing this, <laughs> but I was oh, like, my wife's oh, gonna listen to this too. Yeah, yeah, she's not like. She's probably not going to like this show, but I feel like, you know, like maybe I'll watch it. Maybe she would like it, but no, you know what? I'll go, I'll go tell her about it because she'll probably be like, nah, I don't want to watch it because I'm going to tell her it reminds me of Doctor Who. And then she's going to be like, no. And then she was like, oh yeah, let's turn it on. I'm like, okay. And don't get me wrong. I'm happy to watch a show with her, but then this happens and she goes out of town and I'm like, on the same note, she could have been on Archer with you five seasons ago. So damn it, Deanna. Just saying. Damn it, Deanna. (laughs) <sighs> All right, so I wanted to take some time to talk to you, Brandon, about, yeah. you know, we, we always like to bring a guest topic on the show. I think that talking to somebody who brews beer for a living uh, is fascinating. Yeah, sure. So uh, where did this all begin for you? Oh, wow. So this is, my, this is my wife's favorite question. A, because everyone asks it, and B, because she gets all the credit. <laughs> so uh, my wife bought me a, um, a homebrew kit. Sure. Not like like the Mr. Beer, like JCPenney kit, but like a real uh, from Northern Brewer for any of the home brewer guys out there. Want to cool. know where I bought my starter kit? Home Brewer uh, Deluxe Starter Kit. It's the way to go. Um, so I, she bought me that, and uh, she kind of knows I'm a researcher by nature. So I was probably like surfing the web and uh, reading books weeks before I ever tried to attempt my first batch. And, and, I'll, and I'll admit, I don't know if I've ever said this anywhere publicly before, the very first batch I made on my electric stovetop, which couldn't really bring the batch to a boil. It just wasn't holding <laughs> up. Um, completely forgot to add hops to the beer. Just oh, like wow. skipped that. <laughs> oh, no. Just like skipped that step in the recipe. Like, like I'm, I'm pretty much making malt liquor at this point, right? Like I'm just trying to figure it out, right? Like, basically it, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, but many batches later and then uh, and uh, made a lot of homebrew, um, I remember making pumpkin beer for my brother. So, like, our nice. pumpkin beer is really reminiscent. Like, when we release it, what that beer means to me. Um, I used to drink it a lot with my brother. He's not dead or anything. It sounded really morbid. Um, <laughs> but just we always used to have it over Thanksgiving. I just always remember that. And then uh, just different memories like that, just homebrewing, trying to translate that into a, to a professional gig. Um, it has been a lot of fun. It's been challenging. There's been so much to learn. And um, I remember we were only... Gosh, what were we? About six months in, before I'd kind of gone through all my paperwork and realized that I've I've now brewed more batches professionally than I ever did in homebrew. Oh, and that wow. was just a weird 
realization to be like, you've crossed that line. Yeah, right. Like I've now done this more professionally than I ever did. Like as an amateur, like that's a that's a big deal. Like it was a weird it was a weird realization to have. So, what is your favorite beer that you made? Oh man, a lot of people ask that. Oh man, that's a tough one. Uh, avoiding dead air. So, uh, I'm a big fan of barrel aged beers. We had a uh, golden barley wine uh, that we made that didn't add any any roasted malts at all, so it kind of kept uh, a light-ish color. Um, it was still pretty pretty golden, almost orange. Um, and we put that in a, a red wine barrel. As soon as the winery emptied it, we brought that wine barrel up, put that in there. So it was a nice uh, barley wine, a really sweet style. It extracted a lot of those wine tannins, red wine tannins. It didn't turn purple like I really hoped it would. Um, but it did get a little was bit it like of, pink or yeah, it has like a touch of pink. Like if I would, like if I told you it was in a wine bale, you kind of be like, Oh, you know what? I, I do kind of see some color contribution in there, but yeah, not much. Really? Um, and I was really ecstatic. We finished that with champagne yeast in the barrel and that was just a great beer. I really loved that one. Um, homebrew. I, I made a, um, actually our whole homebrew club, um, which is, uh, has its own prestige, I guess in this area now. We'll get to that in a minute, but um, our homebrew club did a collaboration. We all brewed up, you know, five, 10, 20 gallons for those of us that had crazy homebrew systems like me. Um, we all brewed up a Belgian quad and put it in a, in a bourbon barrel. And that was a great beer. Ooh. That was just so a, everybody, everybody combined the beer. Yeah. We the, all, yeah, we all filled up the barrel with our homebrew awesome. systems. Yeah, I love it. it was great. I have no idea how we managed to squeak that through legally because it was <laughs> aged at a brewery that you know, shall remain nameless <laughs> just in case. Um, FBI, a- yeah, right. ABC. <laughs> right. And, uh, and then we, and then we, uh, kegged it up and everyone got, you know, four tenths of whatever. And he, they put some on tap. That's kind of why I'm not sure how it, right. how it works, but <laughs> it was a great beer. It was a really good one. I'm That's really cool, happy with though. that one. What about the scalability going from homebrew to professional? How was that transition? Well, so for anyone who hasn't actually been here before, you'll notice, um, the first time you come, You'll, you'll walk in the door and you'll look behind our wall at our, at our huge production area. And you'll notice that it really doesn't look like a big brewery. So we're still pretty small right now. I'm brewing in 55-gallon drums. My homebrew setup started off with 5-gallon uh, kettles. Uh, and then I scaled up to 26-gallon um, kettles at home. So I'm really just kind of doubling everything. Okay. So that kind of aspect really wasn't that hard to deal with. I, I designed this system, which is kind a real gradual. basic... Yeah, it's been a real basic system. It's kind of like how we talked about our, our little microphone setup here. Exactly. You start with one mic and yeah. you keep adding, right? You keep adding. So, um, so scaling, you know, mo- most brewers will come out and say that I'm still home brewing. It's just on really big kettles. Um, <laughs> so, so we're getting our like real like grown up big boy system here in a couple of weeks, uh, allegedly. And when that comes, then I think it'll really feel like, oh wow, now I actually have to like put a lot of effort into how you, you scale things. So okay. and I and I kind of am looking at L as I'm asking this. So L is uh she's she basically keeps the lights on in here. She's the beer queen. We had a beer named after There's her. There's a beer point. queen. Yeah, she's the brewery queen. And that's L. She runs a place. L, if there was a okay, if there's an issue that you know you were going to solve with these larger kettles, I'm looking here at like you know sold out dark dark Vader stuff like that. You guys are selling out of this stuff quick, so are you hoping to keep up with the sort of demand? She says, absolutely. And to do focus distribution to market. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we actually, kind of what she's hinting at there is earlier this year, we actually sent a couple of kegs out to market. And it went great. Everybody was happy with the kegs they got. Um, And then kind of spring and summer hit, and and we realized that all the beer that we sent out, we wish we still had because we were selling out of everything we had on hand. I I keep coming over here, and Dark Vader keeps being sold out, (laughs) breaking my heart. Yeah, so so for some of these beers, uh, like I I saw we kicked the Saison right when you guys walked in, Mm -hmm. um, and a couple others. That beer we just put on tap last weekend, and we're all going through a keg, a keg and a half of it. I'm only making three kegs at a time, so you kind of you kind of scale that. And it's like, oh, we had, we got this new beer on tap. Everybody loves it, and come Monday, it's gone. Well, that was that was fun. I'm glad we put a <laughs> glad we put three weeks of work into this beer because yeah, so keep you on your toes. That, but you know what? That tells you you're doing something right. You know, whenever I come here on the weekends, I see that there's huge crowds, not just at the winery here at the brewery too, which is a lot newer. Yeah, and um, you know, the winery is the one that has the the pizza oven, and you know, like that's what. You know, they, and they've got great wine too. Deanna and I really enjoyed it. 
but I come up here, you know, looking to be like, oh, I got to get away from the crowd. And I walk inside. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's still packed in here. And it's such a good thing. And I love it. Everybody here is always super friendly. You know, I walk in and always say hi to L and, you know, Brand whenever he's here. Um, and, you know, shout out to the whole to the whole team, because it, it really is. It's fantastic what you guys got going. Thank you very so, much. So uh, to the Geek 30 audience, um, you know, definitely uh, come out here to Aldi, Virginia. Check out Quattro Goombas um, Winery and Brewery. But, you know, I know that we have a lot of beer listeners, so definitely make your way out here. They really have something for everybody, and I really, truly mean that. And we, I've had four new beers that I haven't had before yet. I've had at least six in the past, and I have yet to find one I have not liked. Yeah, we really go out of our way to, to shoot for as much tap yeah. diversity as we can. I know a lot of guys like find their niche. They, they want to do all barrel-aged beer. They want to do all IPAs. And, and we love those, and we try and keep a lot of those whenever we can. But you're still going to get, you know, we're 35 feet away from the winery, which is a whole audience of people who may not like beer or may be those Miller Lite drinkers or whatever. So you want to try and have that scale where you can say, okay, if all you've had in your life is Miller Lite, let's start with this one. Yeah. And you, we're always surprised, even when we're working the bar, at the people who, uh, you know what, I only like Miller Lite, I only like light beer, and you just kind of say, you know what, here, just try this. Don't even, don't even look at it. Don't, right. be a, don't be a beer racist and judge it by its color. <laughs> just try it. And, all uh, beers matter. That's right, all beers matter. <laughs> and um, more often than not, you'll find those, that that customer really likes a milk stout or really likes a Belgian Jubel. Um, or really likes some of these more flavorful beers. Sure. And really what they just don't like is IPAs, is kind of what that comes down to. They haven't educated themselves enough to like IPAs yet. It, it takes a lot. I think an IPA is a very um, acquired taste. I've always compared IPAs to red wines. If you drink, if you can drink red wine, you didn't like red wine the first time no, you tried it. Never I met, never, never, did. never met a person <laughs> in my life who liked red well, wine the first time yep. I tried it. But the more you drink it, the more you develop a, fla- a character for it. And you think, you know what, I really do like uh, red wines. And now I can discern the differences between them. Um, so you get those people who say they don't like IPAs or all IPAs taste the same. That's fine. You probably said that all red wine tastes the same at one point. Eventually, your palate's going to be educated enough no, to where I mean, you're going to be able to. Like this IPA, and and people know, like I we've had beer on the show that right. I don't like, and I that I say <laughs> it. Um, well, even I'm starting to like but, have a shame face at this point because I I basically grew up saying I hate wheat beers. You know, since 2007, I hate wheat we beers. We used to make a joke because JoJo hated wheat beers so much that we'd be like, No, we're not. We're never no, having no, a just, wheat beer on the no, show. No, because um, he would say I'm, I'm bringing a beer on the show, and he wouldn't tell me what it is. Like it's not a wheat beer, right? And he goes, No, 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 no. But maybe you know. Um, and he brought one in two weeks ago, and I'm like, This is. This is a wheat beer, <laughs> you know. It was so. the. Uh, did you have you ever been to Sweetwater and had yeah. their Wits End? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a Belgian wit, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so really impressed with that. I, I was, I was taken aback. Um, so, I felt bad about hating wheat beers, and I might have to start trying them now. Yeah, certainly. So uh, definitely want to give you guys props for what you do. Thank you very much. Um, Excellent. So, Excellent prop. Yeah, and you guys have been great. Prop, thanks, yeah. for, thanks for always coming out and oh, grabbing beer. Of course. No, we love, the, we love the partnership. So um, before we end the show, uh, we had a great question last week, and I'd love to hear Brandon's thoughts on this question of the week. So uh, here's the Geek 30 question of the week. I want to ask you a bunch of questions, and I want to have them answered immediately. I want to ask you some questions. <laughs> it's on a source taker. Yeah, it was. And you're recording. Oh, so, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, last week's uh, Geek 30 question of the week was, if you could add a soundtrack to your life, what would it be? Um, I said that any, anything from Anamanaguchi, you know, they're the, the 8-bit, uh, oh, you, yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the 8-bit music? Right. Scott right, Pilgrim. Right. Like and, Scott Pilgrim yeah. and like those yes. games. Like, I would, I would love like an 8-bit soundtrack to I need my to introduce life. you to uh, David Pencil. He's not a person okay. eight, but he does uh, music like that as well. I think it's based out of California. Oh, okay, so. cool. And, and Jojo, what did you say again? Uh, well, Star because Wars, of right? uh, Star Wars. Because yeah. of the Battle of Yavin, it would probably be Star yeah. Wars. But mostly, let's be real, just John Williams as a whole. John Williams as a whole. <laughs> so, Brandon... How about you? Yeah. Um, so when, uh, when I was kind of thinking about this question, so I, I have to kind of go back and look at, like, the music I listened to throughout my life and kind of guess on that. I don't know. I, I always had a couple of different options. So for me, like, uh, albums that I could always put on 24-7, and I'm cool with Collision Course, the Jay-Z Linkin Park yes. album. Ooh, I love that. Great album. One of my favorites. I'm always listening to that. You'll hear that a lot here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big Eminem fan. I think, awesome. I think what he technically did um, – as far as changing the face 
um, and tone of rap music was really cool. And then um, to kind of take those two for a curveball, um, in college and even today, one of the greatest albums ever put out was the Garth Brooks Double Live album. Nice. Uh, which is an awesome nice album slash, like slash DVD, and both are worth watching and viewing. So I th- very some cool. combination of those for various parts of my <laughs> life, I think so this would be a good fit. If you like Eminem, do you know who Lil Dicky is? I've heard of Lil okay, Dicky. dude. After the show, go look at go listen to Lil Dicky. He's a he's a like this Jewish guy. He's a rapper and he's a comedic rapper, but he's also really really good. And all of his music is really silly, but it's also really 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 good. Okay, people right. out there, if you haven't heard of Lil Dicky, uh, thanks to Drew. I was on Drew's podcast. Remember the yeah. the um, the music podcast I was on, and he was the one that introduced me to him and. Uh, I can't stop listening to this dude. There's a so country good. rapper out there too. I want to say there's a there's a couple of, yeah. of decent country rappers that that have kind of come and gone uh, through the years. Right. Huh. I never thought I'd, I'd see the two of them join, and then I heard about it. It's like what? Deanna, I haven't Deanna heard Deanna it yet. Is but, one yeah. guy I don't know his name, but he he always talks about hitting on girls, and he's like rapping about it. And he's like a country <laughs> guy with a twangy little thing in the background. Like, he's got like a twangy <laughs> accent, and he's talking my, about my, hey honey. My problem with country rap has always been that right, Deanna. The guys right now that are trying to do country rap are are doing it at the the pace of rap in the eighties. Right. You know, it's really slow. It's really heavy hitting uh, rhymes that only rhyme on the end of the line, and they're still paced out as slow as you can talk. Right. Right. And it works, and it kind of fits with your life, and it makes sense, and I get that. It's almost not like spoken word, like, you know, slam poetry. Right. So that's kind of where I, I like the kind of Eminem twist on things, where you're throwing in a lot of lines uh, that rhyme inside of the line, and then we'll rhyme really with a feature line. It's really fast, too. It, right. it, it almost, to me, it sounds like a snare drum. If you ever listen to how a snare drum hits, it's like, you know, like, and like they're, they're spitting out the rhymes like that, and that, and yeah. like, and it's, and like the rhythm is like really, um, it like, it hits every beat perfectly. That's what I love about it. I think that's a great way to describe it, too, um, as, as far as snare drums go. Because for me, the biggest problem I have with rappers that try and rap fast is, is diction. If you can't speak cleanly and you can't keep up uh, that I can understand the words that you're saying at a rapid speaking pace, I'm not they really interested in hearing drunk. a well, rap that I can't why understand. a lot of these new words come out, because I don't think they were meant to be that word, Yolo. but they were just rapping too fast, and right. it just kind of caught on. Like, I can't talk normally at a normal pace. I don't imagine ever being a rapper at that point. <laughs> like, I want to hear JoJo rap. I can't English at this one of, point. One of these days will do it. <laughs> that's, where, that's where Hodor came from, actually, too. I think Hodor. somebody was trying to rap. Yeah, that's where that came nice. from. <laughs> well, we had a, bu- a bunch of other folks actually um, chiming in. We had, of course, an email from Don. Yay, Don. Don. Young face Don. That's right. <laughs> uh, so the question of the week, uh, again, was was the soundtrack to your life. He said, well, the first one that came to mind was Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, but I think I would have to go with World of Warcraft. And in parentheses, he says vanilla. So like the original World of oh, Warcraft. Vanilla, right, yeah. exactly. Before Burning Crusade came yeah, and messed right. it all up. That's nice. It, well, actually, it was very, I think I actually owned the soundtrack to Warcraft 3 before World of Warcraft. adventurous. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's awesome. love it. Very triumphant. Well, and you know what? That's funny because that's what you always think of. Like when you play enough World of Warcraft, like as you go throughout your day, you're like, just some nice background music would be great. Yeah, I can see that it would I, make uh, walking to like the bus stop so much easier. <laughs> no, so much I um, I really loved, and I, I I do love Burning Crusade. Don't get me wrong, I, I love Vanilla, but um, Wrath of Lich King again, my favorite expansion of the whole set. Me too. Like uh, the fjord, the music you go through oh, there. Man. Oh yeah, so beautiful. Okay. Yeah, yeah, How about, yeah. Um, so beautiful. Uh, timber, timber. Uh, what no? Was it like? What's the what's the place? It was like Grizzly Hills. Yes, exactly. Oh wow! Exactly. With, the, with yeah. the fiddle, like the little right. the little violin. Right. And stuff. Was that, was that only Horde side or did... no? It was both. Oh, okay. I played it on both. I only, only rolled yeah, <laughs> yeah, Exactly. So well, we also had um, my sister Katie responded. Pirates of the Caribbean, without a doubt. I'd probably be sobbing all the time since the music is so beautiful and makes me emotional. But it would be so worth it. I would agree with her hundred percent. Yeah, it's beautiful. She, and she loves her favorite thing in the world is Johnny Depp. Anyway, um, Alex, and this is a, this is an Alex I used to go to high school with. It's like a seventh Alex in our show. I don't know, right? Uh, maybe something like the Bastion OST, uh, but I really, really hope it would change frequently. The same couple of of hours of the same type of music over and over would get really old really fast. <laughs> hey, agreed. I agree with you. Well, there. Bastion had some really, really great music. I can yeah. I can definitely attest to that. 
Uh, and then let's check out some more. I'm bringing up some more here. Bear with me. Okay, so Joshua says, staying alive by the Bee Gees. <laughs> that, that guy lives an exciting life. Yeah. <laughs> he says, great, uh, great pace to walk to and hard to be mad when you hear that song. I agree. I, I, I can only imagine him with the long hair, the long like 70s, late 70s, early 80s kind of haircut. Right? Um, my mom responded. Uh, of course uh, she did. Of course she did. Disney? Was it Disney? She said, all Tim Burton... Danny Elfman movies would apply. That would actually work. I can see that. Anything Danny Elfman. Right. Is so like Beetlejuice. Right. You know, exactly. like it's like all twiddly and like right. happy. Well, so when you have John Williams who's like grand and slow and building big, you have fun Danny Elfman doing. I think of Danny Elfman, I think of like a fairy flying around or like something like <laughs> like very, uh, very Kind of whimsical, chaotic but beautiful. Whimsical. You know, so. Well, see, I'm always, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Les Miserables. Like I'm just going to yeah. throw that out nice. there. Nice. Love that. Love the movie. Love the play. I think it would be awesome to just go through an entire day where every interaction you have is in song. Like that would just be like, hey, you know what? That would be a fun way to go through sing, life. Yeah, sing your like. Sing it's your tough whole to it's tough to fire somebody or get fired when when they're singing You're to fired. you. Right? right? It's like, yeah, well, that, that was a good that was a good uh, good way to handle it. I can accept yeah. that. That's yeah, exactly. Fine. I don't That's know that great. I can bust out into simultaneous like song like instantaneously. I, I don't know that I have the ability to just like start singing all of a well, sudden. You know, better start practicing because Brandon's taking over the world with his beer, so you'd. Better be ready to start singing. I, I mean, I've got some pre-recorded stuff that I might have to <laughs> you know? just carry it around with you. Yeah, exactly. Shape. All right. So we, uh, Veronica, also asked the question. So she, or uh, so she answered the question with a question. Said, "I need parameters here. Is it a mo- is it a uh, emotive soundtrack, a reflective soundtrack, the most applicable soundtrack, uh, or simply a collection of favorite songs we want associated with our lives?" She starts stressing out about it, and to that I answered yes. <laughs> and so she, she pulled a page out of JoJo's book. So she, goes, so she goes, "Fine, I'll go with my faves then. A combination of high fidelity singles, The Crow, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, Pretty in Pink, and Perks of Being a Wallflower. That is the most hipster fucking answer I've ever <laughs> yeah, heard in my goddamn a, life, Veronica. That's I, cool. But I, I like. Ask her what some, she's vaping at this moment. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so half of it. I've never seen like Pretty in Pink. I'm pretty in yeah, Pink. I don't know. Dude. Um, but like uh, Pressure Building, Being a Wallflower, so that was a phenomenal soundtrack. It was all 80s. I ne- yeah, I never, I never saw it. Oh, it was a great movie. What Emma Watson, uh, the dude from um, uh, Percy Jackson. Oh, okay. Yeah, they do a great right. job. And it's all, it's an 80s soundtrack and it's a solid 80s soundtrack. Man, I, I, got, I guess I got it. Like when I saw the names there and like I didn't really do too much digging on it, honestly, Veronica, but I was like, Veronica, you're not a hipster. Stop it. Okay, she's Veronica. No, I, I, I was. I well, you it. had to give her parameters, and so because you didn't give her parameters, give her she, parameters. Became, she became a hipster. You know what? I walked right into that. <laughs> you're exactly. You know, you're exactly right. Um, all right, but you know that's what we'll read off for for this week. Uh, thank you very much. Now, Brandon helped us with this week's question. Yes. Now, to help, kind of, because we were talking about the general idea of what it is, but here, so here's the question. What is your ideal virtual reality experience? If you could experience something, you know, put a headset on and, and you know, do something, what would that be? Um, Brandon, how about you? You answer it first. Oh, wow. He totally didn't tell me. He didn't <laughs> ask me ahead of time. Uh, do it. Man, I think it would be fun to do uh, some sort of strange, like, Pokemon Go style, like, interactive world um, with various skins like you can do in Minecraft. So like maybe let's all have like some sort of uh, uh, zombie slaying game where we're all throwing on our Google Glass cardboard whatever we're running, yeah. and uh, and we can go go all, go out and slay zombies in a field or something. I think that would be a lot of fun. To to and then like maybe we'll all come back and visit, and the brewery's been overrun by zombies, so <laughs> so we need cool. everyone to come back and help us take it back. I think that would be a really cool yeah. way to way to approach it. So so really, it's augmented reality. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you want to experience both. That would be augmented right. reality. Okay. Okay. Cool. Which is why I'm actually kind of in Microsoft's corner on this one because their Hololens is going to allow that. It's going to be yeah. able to project images on reality. So it's not just completely closed off. Which we we've, we've made jokes about before. People, people running over like yeah, and... babies falling over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> expecting a, t- a table to be there and it's not. That was really funny. Um, was... But uh, Hololens is, is going to be a great way to do that to implement yeah, that because yeah, you that's... see reality. You're able to walk around everywhere and still have something projected on that image. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see, at least for me, like looking back at like the rise and fall of Google Glass, and I think it's probably safe to say that it's kind of fallen. Yeah, it's not point. really a thing anymore. But 
um, the fact you're, that you're it, not a glass hole. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm. That, no, that's not me. That's not me. That was a nomenclature. People were calling people glass yeah, holes. Yeah, <laughs> the, the fact, the fact that uh, that somebody had that technology, and I feel like the technology came out before we knew what to do with it. Right. And now, yeah. the, now the ideas are coming, and now we actually want the technology again. So, so it, it's interesting to see. So, Jojo, how about you? That's tough because um, I would love an entirely virtual experience, but I think augmented reality would work better in certain situations as well. Um, I would love to swing my blade like uh, Link in Legend of Zelda. So you'd <laughs> with sound effects, of with course. Sound, <laughs> exactly. You hit that rock, you get that ting, ting, yeah, exactly. ting. Right, yeah. what, about, what about the little fairy from uh, Ocarina of Time going, hey! The whole time, hey! <laughs> oh, wow, that I'll, I'll set it up to my left ear so I won't hear. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Judge is half deaf. Oh, nice. I don't know. Okay, so. um, for me, uh, I think... I think something like a Mass Effect sort of world, mm-hmm. like where I can like walk around in some kind of sci-fi futuristic sort of experience, would be ideal. And even like, let's say I walked into Quattrogumba's Brewery here, like, and if we were to go straight up AR, it's like, what, what would I like? It would be cool if like the walls were covered in gadgets and like other things that made right. things happen, and right. you were able to interact with them in certain ways. See, uh, I, I like where you're going, Mass Effect. I'm thinking Fallout. I've been in a big Fallout yeah, kick recently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, um, and I'm thinking, like, yeah, you could go up and order a Nuka-Cola from somebody, you know, like the whole nine yards. It'd be great. I heard something that they're making a, uh, a Fallout TV series. Yeah, and it looked like it was going to be live action. I'm sure yep. somebody else watched it, but it looked like it was going to be live action. Maybe, I'm pretty excited about yeah, that. Yeah, maybe awesome. we talk a little bit about that next I week. I do want to put an addendum there because that's augmented reality for the Zelda thing. If I went full virtual reality, I'd want to be on Tron. Ooh, touche. Oh, yeah. Touche. All right. Well, if you want to share uh, what your um, ideal virtual reality would be, uh, email us, geek30podcast at gmail.com, uh, or hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, at Geek30. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts. So, um, you know, we've mentioned some of the places that, that you can reach us, but JoJo, I think this is a great chance for us to end the show, so why don't you remind people again... Um, other places where they can reach us. Absolutely. So just always to repeat the Gmail because that's our easiest way to get to us. Certainly. It would be geek30podcast at gmail.com and 30 is spelled out. Geek30podcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up at Twitter. I'm actually saying that correctly for the yeah, first time. Instead of our, our Twiddle handle? <laughs> twiddle, our Twiddle handle. Um, <laughs> that's at geek30, again spelled out, geek30, at geek30. Uh, we can uh, hit us up on voicemail, which is 443-424-3350. We're on Facebook and YouTube. You just got to search for Geek 30 Happy Hour, and we will pop up. Absolutely. And remember to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you, Brandon, for being here. Thank, Thank you, you very so much, much. Thank you, Elle, for giving us beer. She says no problem. She also has a soundtrack, by the way. Yes. <laughs> uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later, maybe. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to check out Quattro Goomba. Uh, can you give us a, a website? Uh, I think we're GoombaBrewery.com. Yes, uh, is that right, Al? She's nodding her head yes. Yep. And uh, otherwise, if you all the information for us, you're going to find us uh, Just on Google Quattro Goomba's Brewery. Yeah. Face, Facebook's the way to go. If you get yeah, the winery, it's right next door, so you're That's not exactly going very far. Right. You will not be disappointed. So until next time, guys. Thank you so much for geeking out with us. Thank you very much, guys. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>